Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. The voice of massive magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. In the virtual studio today, we have Justin. Yo. Al. Yo. Myself, Anthony, and we are eight days away from the start of NBA training camp. Brand new season is around the corner. Um, today is Monday, meaning we just got past the weekend where free agency started on Friday at six o'clock. And I think that'd be a good idea if we just jump right into it. What are your thoughts on our very first sign of Dwayne Bacon? <laughs> Bro, we couldn't wait, man. We we had to wait until 6 p.m. First move of free agency for the Magic, Mr. Dwayne Bacon. I mean, they were just waiting for that, for that moment, man. Yeah, I think the 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 part that's frustrating about it is that you you kind of make it if you're a diehard fan and and we all know that the off season is just as important as the end season, and you know that six o'clock it's it's going to pop off, right? You know that um, all these teams are they're getting everything together, they're trying to sign the players first. So you, there's so much that goes into it. You're on your phone glued, you're listening to Shams, you're listening to Waz, you're on Twitter, you're doing this, you're doing that, and you're waiting for your team to like make a move. And I was at a wedding and a wedding is supposed to be beautiful, fun, engaging. And I'm glued to my phone waiting for something to happen. And the irony is I was eating bacon. <laughs> like they were, they were going around with like little trays of food. I was eating chicken wrapped bacon at the signing of Dwayne Bacon. So it kind of, to me, kind of felt hilarious. like it was meant to be. But I was, I was a little disappointed. I was expecting a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the signing of Dwayne Bacon, um, just like the Magic's entire offseason so far, uh, with the expe- exception of their draft um, and Chuma's upcoming debut has been a little bit of a question mark for me. Uh, you know, but I, I try not to, because when I when I look at D- the Dwayne Bacon signing, I feel like there's a lot of similarities when, for example, they picked up MCW, right? There was a lot of question marks. A lot of people thought MCW's time in the NBA was up. Um, and there was a lot of frustration as to why the Magic were taking a risk on a guy who everybody else kind of gave up on. Uh, but then it looked like Cliff is really good at, the, you know, kind of analyzing relationships and knowing, you know, how that's going to impact what a player can bring to the court. And it seems to be the same case with Dwayne Bacon, another guy that, you know, worked under Steve Clifford, and um, he believes in this guy. And I think the front office believes in Steve Clifford. And uh, him vouching for Dwayne Bacon obviously led to Dwayne Bacon being signed by this team. And I got to say, I mean, if you look at his stats – his rookie season when he played for coach Clifford he had decent numbers and he played actually started a couple of games for the Hornets that season if I'm not mistaken so he can play and and I saw some highlights on YouTube right after we signed him like who's this guy let me go on YouTube and kind of watch some highlights and he can score the ball so when the way I'm looking at it is he's replacing Melvin Frazier Jr. in our in our rotation our lineup so yeah I mean you you it's a cheap signing. It's not what we expected for sure. I mean, when 6 p.m. came around, I'm expecting, you know, I don't know, a starting small forward to be signed right away or somebody of, of a caliber player, right. not Dwayne Bacon. Uh, but then again, that's what the Magic do. We, we know what the Magic always do things kind of differently. There's no rumors going around. Um, so, to I mean, to, not a flashy signing, not an exciting signing, 
but it's a guy that hopefully under a coach that he proved that he can play under, hopefully he can show some signs and be a good player for us. But again, not what we were expecting. 6'6 shooting guard, play for um, the Florida State Seminoles with Jonathan Isaac. Um, I I, I agree with you. He's going to end up replacing Melvin Frazier. You can compare and contrast which player is better and whatnot. But, I mean, how much did we really see Melvin Frazier on the floor? Nothing at all. How much are we really going to expect that Dwayne Bankin is on the floor? So I, I... not, I don't want to necessarily say that you know the the signing was irrelevant, but I just don't think it's going to be majorly impactful. You're you're looking at a guy that is going to contribute way more in practice than he does in the actual game, and I I think that that's just the way that we got to look at it. Now, I mean, it well, <sighs> could have there been other options, a hundred percent, because in my opinion, this was very very early on in the free agency, and if this is your number one signing. Um, your first signing was he a priority? Was were you looking at other things at the exact same time? Like I, I would love to have been the fly in the room to find out what the conversations um, were there, and you know their their direction. I mean, there there was even talks that the Magic did in fact engage in conversations with Houston in regards to Russell Westbrook. That that wasn't just fan made. That wasn't just us in the Twitter world. Like a conversation actually happened. So we know that there's been talks, but it's just surprising that Dwayne Banking was the very first thing that we did. Yeah, I agree, especially when you look at his age. I mean, he's 25 years old. He's well, averaging 5.7 points per game. I don't think, I mean, I think he's, and I may be wrong, obviously, but I, I, I think he's going to end up playing a similar role as, like you said, Melvin Frazier Jr., kind of just on the bench, kind of, just coming in when when either there's a blowout either way and you know playing i would say non-valuable minutes i hope that i'm wrong i hope that he comes into um orlando and he lights the gym on fire you know what i mean and i i I hope hope that's the case or at a minimum he has a similar work ethic to mcw and can kind of hustle his way into plays and become relevant that way uh just based off raw skill from what i've seen i don't think he's going to be an impact player on this team yeah, and I and I know that this this wasn't a signing that again made people excited, but we can't sit here and act as if the Magic didn't do anything, right? The Magic did confirm that they brought back and re-signed James Ennis, Michael Carter Williams, and surprisingly Gary Clark. I mean that was that was a surprise to me. Uh, I mean Gary Clark played extremely well in in the bubble. I mean he's a guy that showed that he's not afraid to shoot it. He's the one guy besides. Terrence Ross, that really just gets the ball and knows that his job is to shoot the ball. He's the, the only guy off the bench that we have that is known for that. So I'm actually glad to see him back on our team. The only thing is, as we discussed last week, it's kind of painful to see us let go of Wesley Wondu. Um, he's essentially who he's kind of taking over in, 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 the, in the roster, that, that roster spot. Um, Wondu's a guy that we drafted in the second round. We developed, was playing really well on both ends of the floor. Um, but then again, we need a shooting, and Gary Clark provides us with that. So no problems with the signing. I actually like it. It's just I wish we had one do some way somehow in our roster. Um, still, as I said, I mean Gary Clark can shoot. I like the fact that he can also play defense. Um, I like the fact that he hustles on defense, similar again to MCW. I feel like I'm name dropping him a lot today, but uh, that's another quality I like because. You know, he hasn't proven to be a consistent offensive player. And so if his offense is struggling, which the Magic 
for you know some years now tend to have happening frequently with different players. His defense could help him get back into plays and be relevant. Um, and so I think it's a good it's a good signing. Or I think we, I we, say. with Gary Clark, um, we brought him on as a ten day contract, and we really really liked him. When Jonathan Isaac went down, he was ready. He's a player that can stretch the floor, and he does a really good job defensively. For given what is worth, the dude did work against Giannis for what he could. He exceeded my expectations. So bringing Gary Clark is something that you know I was I was okay with. MCW also, he's a player that plays one through three. Why would you not want to bring him back? Now James Ennis is probably the one that I I was it was questionable for me, right? Because he ended up. Um, he ended up, what was it? Did he opt? Was it that he opted out? I couldn't remember. Yeah, he opted out. He, he, declined, declined, he declined the option, option right? And it kind of looked for a second as if we were kind of seeing what else, what else was out there. Um, you had mentioned on, on our last episode, we were talking Jay Crowder. We were talking about possibly um, Maurice Harkless. Maurice Harkless. So there were options out there, but we ended up bringing back James Ennis. Do you guys like the fact that we brought back James Ennis? I mean, we're we're talking about he's one of the three players that will be starting, uh, will be part of the starting rotation. From an attitude perspective, yes. From an effort perspective, yes. Historically, when you look at his offensive production, he should be better than what he showed his first year in Orlando. Um, and I expect that to, to return. I think, you know, when he joined this team, it's hard for you on your first season at trade deadline to come in and light it up. You know, you're learning the system. You're also kind of, you know, kind of treading water lightly. You you need to figure out what your role is on this team, what you can do, what you can't do. Um, and I think James Ennis was just a victim of trying to figure out his, uh, you know, his spot on this team. So I think him returning next season with a clear objective, a clear kind of description of what it is that, the team needs him to do is going to benefit uh, his offensive game. Yeah, exactly what, what Justin said. I think um, personally, I would have wanted to see the Magic do something different. Go after someone who maybe is a better shooter. Um, there were options, and there's still options to this day. If you go to the free agents that are available today, Monday night, there's still some guys that I'm like, man, those are better shooters than half of our roster. Like, why didn't we go after those guys? Um, so I, I, at a moment, I'm like, you know what? If we bring back a different starting small forward, I'm all for it. We didn't use our mid-level exception. We didn't use our biannual exception. So we didn't really spend money. We just brought back guys using this our own salary cap room or uh, our bird rights that we had on them. So I, I like it. He showed me a lot last year. He said he's a dog. He has a MCW in him. He fights. He, he doesn't let himself get like bullied. He's a guy that will fight. He's a non-magic player, if you want to call him that. So I like that about him. But I'm not sold on him being our starting small forward because yeah. who's our backup? Okiki? Like, are we really going to play him 20 minutes a night, 25 minutes a night for his rookie season? I hope so, but I, don't I think, think so. I think so because I, I think that this front office, I, I believe that if Okiki were not 100% and the front office already saw him and kind of believes what his uh, progression and what his contribution is going to be for this team next season. I'm not so sure they would have let Wessel one do walk. I think that our front office possibly saw something that allowed them to feel comfortable um, in Okiki taking that 
you know, that second that uh, second string role. Uh, but eventually hoping maybe midseason Okiki could be the starter. James Ennis as a small forward coming off the bench. I think that's that's a good option. It's I perfect, think he yeah. is a, a bench player. You know what I mean? But I'll tell you what, like if that's the, I mean, Okiki should have been 100 percent healthy December of last year. Think about that. So he's had an entire year to get even healthier. And not only that, he was with the G League team. He spent time with the coaching staff there, which they run the same place the Magic run. So from that perspective, you would think this guy should be able to come in and go right into heavy minutes. You would just think that. But then again, who's our office? Who's our coaching staff? How do they do things? Yeah. So I hope that's the case because, again, I don't, I don't know if Ennis is the answer for the whole season at the small mm-hmm. forward spot. He could be there playing heavy minutes. But I don't know the whole season, man. Uh, I'm not sure about that. So you think, so you think Ennis is a temporary fix? Like he's not, you know, he's obviously not starting caliber. Um, but I think that there's aspects of his game that could benefit in that starting role. Because I feel like at least from previous seasons, Orlando in the first second quarter start off super slow, have no momentum or drive or energy, and I think Ennis is good at kind of plugging that energy back into the lineup. Yeah, I think I think he could be that guy. Um, again, do I see him there being long-term or the whole season for that matter? No. I think that to start the season, we have no better option. I'm hoping Okiki's that guy that come January, come early February, can step up the same way that Markel did when he came to Orlando and he was healthy. Like He, he started off the bench the first five games, and then he took over the spot from, from DJ Augustine. Because, again, we're not playing to be a top-four team in the East. We're not playing to go heavy in the playoffs. We know if we make it, we're barely going to make it. So I want to see the guys that sh- are going to be here long-term getting those minutes. And Okiki will definitely be one of those guys. And now I agree with you because, uh, again, James Ennis's contract is only for a year. This is temporary basis. Jonathan Isaac is out, and we know that he's not going to return until next year. So why not bring him back? You have Chumo Okiki, again, in, in the bench that we're expected for him to be healthy and able to play and see what you have. You're not fully committed to James Ennis where he has to be your starter. And then you evaluate Chumo Kiki, see how he does on the court. And then if you make the decision that he's a better fit for your starting lineup, then okay, you put Chumo Kiki in your starting lineup. James Ennis is now a bench player, and he's a quality hustle um, player that brings in energy that can come off the bench. And now you're looking at your bench lineup. You have Cole Anthony, Terrence Ross, James Ennis, Mo Bamba, and who's my power forward? Aminu. There you go. That's not a bad second string in the East. Would you personally have rather the Magic gone after a different target, or are you guys okay with him coming back? Um, I'm okay with Ennis coming back for the simple fact that, you know, like I said earlier, I think that he's really good at bringing energy and kind of changing the dynamic of the team um, from a an effort standpoint. And because of that, I'm okay with him being on this team. If he was a guy that lacked energy and his offensive um, game wasn't great, you know, then it's like, okay, well, what are we doing? But I think he supplements the lack in his offensive game with his defensive effort, um, and which ultimately impacts, you know, the effort of the, the whole team. I think we're all, at the end of the day, uh, Apple GMs, right? We're on our phones, and we think that's NBA 2K, and we will be quick to make a trade here, trade there, and and just make something work. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think that we, we know 
Like, don't fool ourselves. We know that this front office is conservative. We know that they're not going to take any major risks. It's a lot easier for them to give James Ennis a one-year contract, bring him back, see what you have with Jumo Kiki, and then by the time you figure it out, Jonathan Isaac will be on the team next year. It's a short season. So I, as sexy as bringing a new player in would have been, that's not the case. I, I wish that we would have brought in some shooting. That's not the case. It, it is what it is. We're at the point where our roster is already getting filled up, and it's it's our team. Um, at the same time, it, it you know it not only did we re-sign a couple players, we also lost a couple players, right? So it's been reported that DJ Augustine just signed a contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, the team that eliminated us in the first round. And I believe it was a three-year, yes, a three-year, $21 million contract to sign with Milwaukee. And then Wesley Wandu also made a deal um, with the Dallas Mavericks. What are your thoughts on losing those two players? I am so happy for DJ. I think, you know, as a vet, um, just being a guy who's obviously toward the, the end of his career, uh, to be able to go to a contender in the Bucks, to be playing against one of the most prolific stars in the league alongside Giannis, um, it has to kind of reinvigorate him. You know what I mean? To From going to the bottom of the Eastern Conference, you know, in terms of like still playoff seating, but the bottom of playoff seating to arguably the or presumably the next champions of the NBA is a great move for him. I like the fact that he also signed a multi-million dollar deal. He's going to get some money, you know, toward the end of his career again. And I think DJ is still a guy that, especially on a contending team, can help uh, that team reach that next level. So I'm I'm very happy for him. Um, as far as like Wessa Wundu, I I don't I can't even put into words how upset I am about that. I think he was a dude we drafted, a dude we were developing. I liked his skill set. I liked his ability on the court. I think he hesitated, you know, to shoot sometimes, and that was something that um, we spoke about. But I think overall, he was a guy that was going to grow with this team and help us be better. So I guess for DJ, I'm happy. For Wes, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little sad. Yeah, I think DJ is a guy that I'm extremely happy for, too. I think he deserves a chance to be on a really on a winning team. If you look at his history, his career, he's always been at bad teams. The Bobcats and all this all the teams that have never been a winning team. Including the Magic, unfortunately. Yeah, we made the playoffs back-to-back years. And, and, again, we're thankful for the fact that he was here. He helped us get to that level. Um, but with Milwaukee, he's going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, at least the Eastern Conference Semifinals. So I'm really happy for him. Um, I think we're going to miss him more than we think. I know we didn't like the fact that he over-dribbled and, and all these things that he did. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that could shoot the ball. And what's our struggle? Shooting the ball. I know Cole Anthony is expected to be a great shooter at the NBA level. He's a scorer. But DJ was a veteran that just knew when to hit big shots. And again, Toronto Raptors series. That was the guy that hit that shot. There's a reason behind it. So I think we'll miss him more than we think. And in one dude, we talked about it briefly earlier. A guy that we had on the podcast. A great dude. Genuine and amazing individual. Great teammate. Did what was asked of him. And I know we kind of mentioned it off the air. Um, was it the magic that didn't want him back? Or was it that he wanted to go back and play Closer to home. He's from Houston, Texas. And I think that had a, a factor in there. Going back home and playing more minutes, I think he couldn't turn that down. So I don't know if the Magic just let him go or if there was more to it. But either way, I'm happy for the guy. I hope the best for him. And I know we'll all be watching him and making sure that he does well in his career. 
uh, we'll be fans from a distance. That's for sure. Yeah, I, listen, I'm I'm a big DJ Augustine fan. I feel as if uh, the minute that we traded away Alfred Payne, we kind of gave him the keys. Told you, t- said that you know we're just gonna run it with you being our point guard and just kind of see what happens. And I think he exceeded everyone's expectation. Um, I think it's debatable that we can easily say that it's by far the best basketball he's ever played in his career in the NBA. Um, and he's a player that we're, we're going to miss, man. It's he, he, My all-time favorite memory of him is his big shot against the Toronto Raptors in game one to, to steal it away in Toronto. I mean, it was a big-time shot, and it's something that, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, and I'm, I'm happy for him. You know, it's it's good to see that he got that type of contract and that other teams value him the same way that we value him. And at the end of the day, it's the, the writing's on the wall. Cole Anthony is going to be his replacement. I'm excited to see what, what it is that he can bring. And then as far as Wesley Awandu, I, I agree with you. He's a player that we found in the second round. We developed him. Um, he showed that he can be a rotational player. There's been times in the season where he fell out of that rotation. And I I believe that there was a little bit more than just us not wanting to sign Wesley Awandu. I think that he wanted um, a better opportunity and what better place to do it than for Mark Cuban and, and Luka Doncic. He's gonna be. He's gonna do all right in Dallas, being closer to home. He, I'm sure he won't. He won't complain. And I'm gonna be rooting for the both of them, um, because I think that they're players that deserve it. That's right. Now, it's not splashy, but we also did um, finish off our our two way contract signing. So we no longer have B.J. Johnson as a two way player. We no longer have, um, unfortunately, Vic Law, who I was a big fan of, and we had here on the podcast, and we replaced them with Kareem Mane and Jordan Boone that we just announced not too long ago. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Kareem Mane and Jordan Boone? Have you guys done any research on them? So I will say Kareem Mane. It's a guy that um, I. It's funny enough, I had heard of him. I had watched videos on him, and I never expected the Magic to draft him. That was not a guy that that I even imagined. He was a high school student a few years back. Um, I think there's potential there. I think there's a reason why the Magic went straight up and offered him a two-way contract. Um, He's a guy that I think we can develop. The issue is the G League and the whole two-way contract thing is supposed to be where you get a young guy, you develop them, and eventually they play for for the big team, right? I just hope they don't do what they did with Vic Law. Vic Lowe is a guy that I really feel like we did a great job finding, being undrafted last year, brought him to Orlando, did well in Lakeland, we signed him, and now he's gone. So I hope that's not the case with a kid like this. I really feel like we can. he has some potential. He's a point guard, super athletic if you watch some tape on him. If he can just start shooting the ball better and just learns the game at a, at a higher level, the NBA level, he could be a great, great player, a good find for this team. Um, regarding Jordan Bone, I know nothing about him, to be honest. With the signing just happened a couple of minutes ago. I saw some quick um, stats on him. Don't know much about him, but it seems like Detroit Pistons fans like him. I saw some things on Twitter, people saying that we, we had a good player. Um, so we'll see what happens. But kind of a letdown for me that we didn't get B.J. Johnson back or Mick Law. I think those two guys showed something last year. And again, not bad guys to have at the end of your bench when needed. I mean, but can we say can we say that those players have kind of reached their their ceiling in terms of what they were able to bring to the team? I don't think so. I mean, Vic Law was a rookie last year, and he made a, a ton of he he improved so much from just November to March that we called him up. 
there's a reason why we let go of Josh Majette and we brought him into the big the, the big club, a two-way mm-hmm. contract. So if you do all that, why just give up a few months later? Unless, again, it's like a wonder that he may want in more minutes. He may have wanted a larger role, maybe. Um, but again, uh, we'll see what we have with these guys. I think there's potential in both of them. Um, they're both point guards. They're both 6'3". Let's see. Well, really quick to touch on, you know, the question that you just asked. I think Vic Law finds his way onto another roster in the NBA. I think he's uh, going to be, you know, an NBA caliber player. And I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. But looking at Kareem, he kind of fits the mold of what John and Jeff have been drafting and looking at uh, since they came to Orlando. Seven foot wingspan. Defense is like his major strength. Um, athletic. You know, definitely has bounce. I just don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of over drafting guys that are question marks or picking up guys that are question marks um, because we've done it a lot. There's a lot of guys on this team that had they been on other teams, they probably would have been given up on. You know, Markel Fultz, for example. Um, I want to see guys that are NBA ready. You know, like Cole Anthony, I think his skill set is going to transfer directly to the NBA. Um, And I don't think there's going to be such a lag for him to catch up, you know, as there is for some of these other guys. And I understand it's a two-way contract, uh, but even still, it kind of just feels like, okay, well, you know, we have another project that we have to work on and develop. And if we have guys that we were already working on and developing, like B.J. Johnson, Vic Law, Wes Awundu, who were showing you know, trending in the right direction and we gave up on them. Are we going to give up on these guys too? Or are we going to see this all the way through? But I think that with the two-way contract, isn't that the whole point? Isn't the whole point to kind of find a, uh, a diamond in the rough? I mean, you, you want it, you want to be able to develop those type of players. My, here's my argument. My argument is that Vic lost 24 years old and he was a senior in college. You know, so he's you. You kind of see already where you you kind of gave him that time to develop, and you really didn't get anything from it. As much as a fan of Vic Law that I was, and wish that he was here with the team, you know, that this guy is a guy that he fits the prototype of the Orlando Magic. He was a five star recruit, um, nineteen years old, didn't go to college. He's playing uh, directly from international, and he did an interview with ESPN, and he compares his game to Drew Holiday. Whether or not that's the case, you know, we'll we'll see. But I think that with the two-way contract, it gives you the ability to be able to take a risk. And I think that out of all the two-way contracts that we've ever had, he could be a player that the Magic actually really do develop and give him that time. I agree. I agree with you in the sense that a two-way contract should be for development. Um, I don't know. BJ and Vic were both 24 years old. I just feel like... If you're gonna if you're gonna put in the time and effort to develop guys and take them under your wing, see it through. Don't give up on them after one season. So I mean, all in all, the Magic and they're replacing DJ Augustine with Cole Anthony. We replaced Wesley Awandu with Okiki. We replaced Melvin Frazier with Dwayne Bacon. We replaced BJ Johnson, Vic Law with Karim Mane and Jordan Boone. Is this team this year better than last year's roster? I don't think so, personally. I think that we we took a slight step back. Again, we went younger. We went with guys that unfortunately haven't played basketball in quite some time between Cole Anthony and Okiki. They haven't played ball in over nine months, both of them. Okiki, almost two years. 
Um, and Dwayne Bacon was barely seeing the court at the end of last season with the Hornets. So we're going to have a lot of guys coming in that haven't played a lot of minutes in the last year or so. Um, we'll see. I mean, time will tell. However, I do hope that Cole Anthony just lights it up, man. Like he gets on the court and he just makes us forget all about DJ Augustine. He's a kid that comes in and just shoots the light out, drives the basket, scores inside. And, and again, we have a great prospect there. You know, Kiki is a guy that, again, we don't know what we have. We, we all know it. He missed all of last season in Lakeland. He didn't play. Has not played for the Magic. Who you, you never know, man. This is a guy, these are both two kids that were projected to be top 10 picks. Cole Anthony, a top 5 pick in the draft before he got hurt. Hoping for the best. But I think this year, at least the first season, while they're rookies, it's going to be a little tough. And they're going to have rookie moments. Yeah, I think there's a lot of question marks. Even for the guys that were here last year. Uh, James Ennis, Gary Clark, you still don't really know what they're going to bring to the table. Um, like like Al said, Cole Anthony, you're hoping that he comes in and lights it up immediately. You don't know if that's the case. He's had an extended layoff. Chuma was recovering off a uh, torn ACL, so that's an extended layoff as well. And I don't know, man. And, you know, it, it, it feels like we know that Coach Clifford has a tendency to hold the young guys back, right? He doesn't kind of just give you the keys. You have to earn it repeatedly um, time and time again in practice. And I'm afraid that for a lot of these guys, that might still be the case. Um, I think when when Markel started playing, you know, at the beginning of the year and we were kind of predicting the seven-minute, you know, rotation in the first quarter and things like that. If he does stuff like that with the young guys, it would feel – a little frustrating, especially because I feel like everybody on the East, well, not everybody, but a lot of the teams in the bottom of the East got better. I said this the last two weeks, and I, I still believe it. I don't think the Magic make the playoffs, um, especially if we're if we're counting on, you know, Evan and AG, whose games have been a question mark, you know, in the postseason and AG before that. It's There's a lot of question marks for this team, and I just don't know um, if we'll get it together in time to make a playoff push. I mean, listen, is this team better than last year's roster? No. No. But you do have, you're missing DJ Augustine shooting. I get that. You're replacing it with Cole Anthony. Now, Cole Anthony, I'm not expecting for him to shoot as well as DJ Augustine did, but I am expecting for his offense to be there. I'm expecting for the offense to um, transition to the NBA. I think offensively, we're going to see more of an impact. But I think that what excites me the most about it is now that you don't have DJ Augustine on the roster, you essentially already gave the keys to Markel Fultz. He is your point guard. Your replacement of point guard is either Cole Anthony or MCW. So I think if there's one thing that the Magic did right is bringing in a player like Cole Anthony because now you're you're forced to turn it over to Markel Fultz. That's another year of Markel Fultz where he's already had his whole 82-plus games out of the way. And now it's it's kind of like, okay, you've shown that you're able to play basketball. We know that you're not a bust, right? We know that you can lead a team. We know that you have athletic ability. You know that you can run the floor. You know that you can get your teams involved. We already got that part out of the way. Now it's time for you to actually do it full-time. And I think that in that aspect... Our team can be better than last year's roster. Is that going to make? Is that going to get us to the playoffs? I, I'm leaning towards um, you, Justin. I don't. I don't think our roster is good enough with all the changes that other teams have made. 
one in particular, the Atlanta Hawks. Do I feel like our team is better than the Hawks? I can't say that. The Hornets, they've made some improvements. Are we better than the Hornets? Maybe yes, maybe no. Can we stay healthy? Who knows? Can they stay healthy? We don't know. There's a lot of different factors. Um, but I am excited to see this team way more than I was to see last season's team. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot more young talent, right? We got Okiki, who we didn't get to see last year. You got Cole Anthony again, like I said a few minutes ago. Two guys that were top 10 picks. So it's like we basically drafted two top 10 lottery picks in the in this year's draft. So that automatically is exciting. Don't forget, we barely saw Mo Bamba last year. He missed a large part of the second half of the season with an injury. Then he couldn't fight off COVID in the bubble. So we haven't seen Mo Bamba since February of last year, in which, don't forget, he was playing well before the season stopped. So which Bamba are we getting? Are we going to get the Mo Bamba that, you know, it's, it's that end of the season, Mo Bamba that we saw kind of, or is it going to be the Mo Bamba that struggled and couldn't fight? He got beat for minutes by Ken Burch. Um, so, again, you have the youth. You have Markel Fultz. He's going to be out there playing heavy minutes, hopefully, next season. No longer 25 minutes. No longer limited. And knowing that any time that he makes a mistake, the Jalgos thing is behind him. So, I agree with you. I think the youth factor is going to be fun to watch, even if we miss the playoffs. However, and I think we're going to get into it in a few minutes here, I am afraid of having certain guys in our team who are known to hold the ball too long and will take away from our youth. And there's two guys, Justin, not only, <laughs> not only Fournier. I'm also thinking of Aaron Gordon, which you got, I always, I've always said it with him. you got to decide what to do with Aaron Gordon. Is he going to be a key member of your offense, of your team? Or is he going to be a stand-in-the-corner type of guy, just when you're open, you shoot it? Um, <laughs> I'm looking at Justin right now. He's, he's agreeing with me here. But um, it's going to be an interesting team next season because I wonder if those vets – that were brought in by the old management are willing to hand over the ball to a guy like Michael Fultz and say, you know what, take over the, the, the team and, and do your thing. The the front office has kind of viewed the last two seasons as the number one development tool that you can give players is giving them meaningful basketball. And we did that the last two seasons, right? We, in essence, have still a very, very similar roster. The Magic have to decide, and I said this the last episode, are we taking a step forward or are we taking a step backwards? And the roster that we have keeps us in the middle. What it it doesn't push it doesn't push the needle for me. Right. So that's an interesting point, and I wish I could give credit <clears throat> because I I don't remember where I read it. Um, but someone was making an argument that maybe the Magic are okay with being a middle of the pack team. Um, possibly because ownership, you know, can't take not making the playoffs. And so they don't want to make drastic, you know, changes that could ultimately risk us not making the playoffs. But I feel like by not making a move, you know, a significant move, I feel like when everyone else around you is, that also puts you at risk of not making the playoffs. So would you rather, you know, make a, a splashy move? possibly for a buddy heel that could propel you into playoff contention or stay as close as possible to the old, you know, uh, roster that you had and then possibly not make the playoffs just to make it seem like you're more in control. I don't know. I just, it's, it, it's, it's a little puzzling to me. 
um, to say the least. So I'm gonna tell you this, and we've been—I know we've been tough on our front office, and we, we've we've put them on blast. If you guys could see our group chat, none of us are happy. We we expected moves. We expected to trade Fournier. We expected to maybe move, make a move for Aaron Gordon. Even though I've said it before, I don't mind him being here because Ji is not playing next season, so I don't mind Ag being here. But the Fournier factor is like, all right, what do we do? Uh, are we going young? Are we going? What are we doing? So, but I will say this: our front office wants our young guys to play for something. They don't want to just show up and know we're going to tank the season. That's not what they're trying to do. And it's been reported. We were in talks for Russell Westbrook. We, there were plenty of rumors around Aaron Gordon. What does that tell me? It tells me that they tried to make something happen. And when you look at what Portland offered for AG, supposedly it would have been picks and a guy like Ariza. Would you guys have traded Aaron Gordon for that? We talked about that already. No. No. I expect the same type of offers to be offered for a guy like Evan Fournier. I guarantee you Golden State probably made that phone call and say, hey, we'll give you our trade exception that we have from the Godala trade and a pick for Evan Fournier. Would you guys have done that? But I, I think that right now what makes it even more difficult to make transactions happen is the fact that it's the start of the season. A lot of these players are they're unwilling to move certain players because they're in reality there's no rush, right? The season has already been rushed. Draft, trade deadline, free agency, boom, training camp. A lot of these teams are okay with waiting until the trade deadline to revisit these conversations. I, I just read an article um, or a report that came out that the Sacramento Kings are asking for a young player and a draft pick for Buddy Heald. Who in the right mind? Who in the right mind would do that? Right, I I'm almost on the fence with whether or not I would give him Evan Fournier for Buddy Hield straight up. Everyone values their players so different, and I think that once we get to that point, we'll be able to re-engage in the conversations. I think that one thing that we can be proud about is the Magic. We are engaging in conversations, but what we're not going to do is they're not going to be bullied. They're not going to be suckered into doing a bad deal. And I think that that's what happened. I think that a lot of a lot of these teams they they provided offers and conversations, and the Magic really just didn't like any of it. I'm more inclined. I'm more inclined to trade Ag right, whose entire game is based in athleticism, and the older he gets, the less and less and less he'll have of that athleticism, right? And unless he d- further develops his fundamentals, you know, he he's gonna. I would say he's probably more likely to head toward a downward trajectory than upward just based on how much of his game is based on his athleticism, right? Fournier is a shooter, and typically shooters can always shoot no matter how old they get, right? Evan's not the most mobile. I think he's had one dunk in the whole season <laughs> last year. Um, The only downfall, right, or detriment to Evan's game is the fact that he has to control the ball heavily to be relevant right he we haven't seen him in a position where he's just catch and shoot which is ideally what i would want him to become and if he were willing to be a catch and shoot player he could stay in orlando for as long as orlando wants to keep him because we need scoring we need shooting and i think the more i think about it because i know last week i came on here and i kind of said it was time to trade evan and you guys thought it was funny but the more i think about it i feel like if evan's um, need to be a primary scorer gets reduced into that catch and shoot role. I think he uh, he could help this team be successful. I hope that happens this season coming up. 
I hope he just sits in the corner, let Markel pick and roll with Vooch, just catch and shoot. But, man, I think, like I said, the team try to make moves. I think we're being a little bit tough on our front office. They're trying to just make moves that make sense. And like Ant said, it's a five-month season. It starts in December. It ends in May. I guarantee you in their eyes, they're just saying, we're not going to rush. Let's revisit in March. And again, that's three month, three and a half months from now. We're going to revisit all these talks again. Why do it now? Why force it? And I can guarantee you one thing. I put it down. Evan Fournier will be traded by March. Simply because, think about it. They're not going to lose him for nothing. They, they're, they're going to want to get something back for him. So they're going to trade him. But it's a matter of when does it happen. I think it's going to be at the trade deadline. I think that it's it's hard to say this and it's hard um, to remind myself. We just got to be patient. Uh, there's still a lot to be excited for for the season. Um, it was reported today that Cole Anthony had already met some of the players and he's excited to kind of get to work with them. Um, and he's already in the gym. He's already shooting. They already gave him his locker. Training camp is right around the corner. So um, everyone just need to relax a little bit. We can revisit this conversation again um, closer to a trade deadline. Um, but let, let's wrap this up. What are you? What are your final remarks? Oh man, um, I'm embracing the fact that we're running it back. Um, I'm gonna admit it. it. It hasn't been easy. We we want to change. We thought we we're gonna get changed. We're not. But I'm not mad. You know, I'm embracing it. Like you said, Ant. I'm trying to be patient, be positive, and I'm continuing to put my faith in this front office. It's not the easiest thing to do. We we've seen this slow rebuild, this slow momentum to do anything. But you know what? We're finally going to see Markel Foles, Chumao Kiki, Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba. We're going to see a large portion of the young guys play this season. Unfortunately, J.I. won't be out there. But I'm going to give him one more offseason. I'm going to tell you right now. That's it. If next offseason we're still going, dealing with this lack of move, lack of shooting, something's going to happen at that point. So my last remark is to the fan base, let's remain patient. Like you said, it's not easy. But change will come, and we are close to it. It's three months from now, or it's going to be in July of next season of, of next year. But it's coming. My final thoughts are three words: wait and see. That's it. That's it. <laughs> wait and see. Damn, you stretched it to man. five words, but it should have just been three. <laughs> oh man, you're a poet. <laughs> Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Um, listen, we we didn't make. A trade utilizing our assets of Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, or Nikola Vucevic. We didn't sign anyone splashy for free agency. But you know what we did do? Silence. What is it? Thank what you. It? Thank you. Thank you for participating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we handed Pope Francis an Orlando Magic jersey. That's what we did. One of the most powerful figures. That's all we needed. In the world has Orlando. I don't. I don't even know if he has a closet. I don't even know what he would do with Orlando Magic jersey. We know that he wouldn't wear it. Is he going to put it on a wall? I have no idea what he's going to do. But the fact that he had it in his possession, I think, is a good sign. It's a good sign that we are going to get more blessings on our way, and only positive things can come from it. All right, Pope Francis, Orlando Magic uniform. I can only imagine the conversations that him and Ji have had. On that note, it's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com. And remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.